Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I'd like to begin by thanking you for checking out today's show and reminding you that today's podcast is sponsored by Darkwater Woodwork, darkwaterkc.com. The link will be in the show notes right now. Doug Cole of Darkwater is offering 15% off of your beard care products. Specifically, I want to talk about the St. Patrick Beard Balm and Beard Oil Combo. That's two ounces of beard balm, one ounce of beard oil. I'm not a beard balm guy, but some of you are. So maybe you go in, you buy this, and you can give that beard balm to somebody that you know uses it. It's a way that you can kind of advance the message and say, hey, here's something I'm connected to. I heard it on a podcast. This is a business I support. Use them both for yourself. It doesn't matter. Use the discount code that I'm going to give you in the podcast, and you'll save 15% off your order. Men, it's time for today's podcast conversation. We are keeping this uh, walk through the life of Christ going today by looking at Mark 8, 31. What is that? To 38. Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. You say, well, that's exciting. It is exciting. And if you know the word, you know why it is exciting. We have been walking through the uh, the life of Christ since the start of the year, uh, kind of jumping off of what we did in December. And we say, hey, we're going to do this till at least uh, Resurrection Weekend. Some of y'all call it Easter Weekend. Doesn't matter. He's alive. That's what matters. So if Jesus is alive, as you know, that changes everything. That changes everything. Changes today. Changes every person I come in contact with. If Jesus is alive, whew, that changes everything. It takes a lot of pressure off of me today. I don't know about you, but it takes a lot of pressure off me. And he began to teach them, verse 31, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. They say, yeah, we've seen that. We have seen that. They want no part of you. And be killed. Hang on, what did he say? And after three days, rise again. What? And he said this plainly. So, uh, Mark's telling you he was clear and he was obvious in what he was saying plainly. Real just simple talk, okay? Not using big words. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what they're going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter said, we, man, we can't have that. Don't be talking like that. You're going to kill all the momentum. You're, you're, you're going, we have this thing going. We got a good thing going here. But turning and seeing his disciples... Jesus knew the disciples were watching this interaction. He rebuked Peter. He rebuked him and said, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Get behind me, Satan. Could there be a more offensive thing that somebody could say to somebody else, especially if you are the Son of God? Is there something more offensive you could call somebody? For everybody who thinks Jesus came just to pat poor people on the head and put kids on their lap and just tell everyone how wonderful they are and everybody ends up in heaven, look what he did to one of his closest friends. Get behind me, Satan. Some of y'all have never spent any time in a locker room. There's some names called and things done in there. You go, oh boy, I, I, I just couldn't do that. I'm telling you right now, Jesus and the disciples talk to each other like men talk to each other. We had a guy in our church yesterday. He's a good man. He's kind of one of them John Wayne kind of guys. He put his Bible on the table. He turns. And we got one of these TVs in the lobby area that's kind of low hanging and uh, never considered it being a hazard till this guy conked his head right on the corner of it. had a little blood come out of his head after we made sure he was okay and didn't have a concussion we just our prayer team as we went through the building you know what we did we made fun of him everywhere we went we say hey watch your step now be careful we, you know when you check your what you need some stitches need some neosporin you know, this is what guys do 
because we love each other. That's what we do. But this ain't, this is loving, but this ain't ripping on him. This is serious. He said, get behind me, Satan. There's an exclamation point there. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. He's living by the flesh. Let me tell you how many times I live by the flesh. There's a lot of things in my life that is the flesh speaking. The flesh is taking over. And I say, God, that just is not right. That, that, that does not seem like that should go that way. And God says, you're living by the flesh, not by the spirit. Man, the, the flesh always showing up and calling the crowd to him with his disciples. He said, if anyone were to come after me, if anyone's going to follow me, if anyone's going to be my disciple, okay, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The cross, a symbol of death. If anyone's going to come after me, he's going to die to himself, and then he's going to follow me. Is that the invitation they gave you at church camp? Is that the invitation they gave you when they said, just raise your hand and pray this prayer after me? You are going to die to yourself. No, we say Jesus makes your life better and your your sins are forgiven. You're going to live happily ever after. Yeah, well, yeah, but let's tell the whole story that you are to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, which is a symbol of I'm willingly dying to myself. We like to kind of keep the other guy on life support. I like the old guy just kind of, just in case I need to check in on him. Whoever would save his life, we all try to save our life, people trying to die the safest. They're trying to not get any calluses or bruises or anything for Jesus. I just want to be a Christian, and I want to keep my head in the sand, and I want nobody to bother me, nobody to pick on me, nobody to say boo to me. I don't ever want to have to evangelize anyone. I don't want to have to disciple anyone. I don't want to have to serve because that looks like it works. You know? I don't want to have to do anything that's going to get me out of my comfort zone. Heaven forbid I speak up and say, I'll pray when someone says, hey, man, who wants to pray? Because I'm not going to pray because I know these guys will do it, and I don't have to do it, and I don't have to ever grab my wife's hand and say, let's pray. I never have to get my kids together and say, let's read the Bible. I'm trying to do all the things that I don't have to. I'm trying to avoid all that stuff. Then you might want to read this. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. Some people want to get to heaven just to get to heaven. They want to get to heaven just because it's easier. Streets of gold. I'm in on that. I just have to believe the food in heaven you say, Jared, I don't know if there's food in heaven. I'm not asking you. I just got to believe the food in heaven is incredible. It's got to be just incredible. God always provided provided food for people. I think the food in heaven is going to be great. I bet. I don't know if you sleep, but I think if you sleep, it's going to be one of those sleeps you wake up. You are invigorated. Is there a kickball game? I don't know. But I bet it's going to be great. Some people just want to get to heaven because they want to be safe. And we get to heaven, hey, I'm for heaven. I'm for getting as many people to heaven as possible. But if Jesus wasn't there, would you still want to be in heaven? Some people would say, yeah. We should want to be where Jesus is. I should want to be where Jesus is. And so I'm going to lose my life for his. I'm going to, I'm going to respond to what he's done because I can't do anything. Would you want to get to heaven if Jesus wasn't there? Would you want to live there if he wasn't there? Some people are like, well, yeah, why not? No, because I want to be where Jesus is. I want to be where the Son of God is. I want to be where the Messiah is. Now, we know him seated at the right hand of God the Father. Don't miss the point. The point is, don't miss Jesus. He said, whoever saves his life will lose it. 
A lot of guys out there trying to save their life. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake. Whose sake? For Jesus' sake. Why am I losing my life? For Jesus' sake. Who else? The gospel. What's the gospel? The good news of Jesus. What he has done. Tell somebody the gospel. Tell someone the gospel. I've been on this rant for too long. A lot of you guys with social media accounts. And use them in some strange and ridiculous ways. Tell the gospel. Let people know you love Jesus. Let them know you're for Jesus. I see it every year. Easter weekend, resurrection weekend. He's alive. The tomb is empty. All the stuff. And then on Monday, you're back to your baseball team lost or whatever political party or whatever. You're back. No, if he's alive on Sunday, then he's alive on Monday. Let's live like it. And the more you live like it, the more people start to say, hey, I think that guy believes that. And when I see in the peaks... And they see you in the valleys and they say, I'm keeping my faith. I'm steadfast. I'm immovable. I'm not subject to change. Some days I move faster than others. Some days I make more progress than others. But nevertheless, the progress, the movement is forward, forward towards Christ. As I'm losing my life, I'm done with my life. I can't carry two lives. The life I now live in the flesh, I live for the Son of God because he gave his life for me. That's going to be our discount code today. Lose your life. L-O-S-E. Don't lose it. Lose, L-O-S-E, your, Y-O-U-R, life. All capital letters, one word. So if you're going to save some money, I want you to think about that. Am I willing to lose my life for the sake of the gospel? We hear people, we see people on in other countries being martyred for Christ hiding you know, got these churches that are underground we got people in a, and, and you know you try to do all these little posts about this that you're not going to convict anybody to get to church who doesn't want to be there if that guy believes his own excuses and believes his own reasoning if that kid tries to tell you well i got practice determine or game you're not going to convince him otherwise you just keep loving jesus and let him know you're missing out you're missing out And I don't got to persuade you. And I don't got to tell you how wonderful it is. I'm just going to keep living my life for Jesus. And you you do what you're going to do. And along the way, I just believe we're going to win some for Jesus. Along the way, we're going to get an opportunity to live and proclaim the gospel. Just keep doing it. One foot in front of the other. Left, right, left, right. Every day, I'm going to just a little bit more, a little bit closer, a little bit better, a little bit more bold, a little bit more courageous. Whoever wants to lose his life, no, it's not going to work. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. You say, I don't know about losing my life. That ain't, that's not going to work unless it's for Jesus. Not for a denomination, not for a tradition, not for your girlfriend, not for to be a part of that church. I don't lose my life for anything other than I'm taking up my cross every day and I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to proclaim the gospel. I said before, we got enough mute men. We're maxed out on mute men. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about following Jesus, but you think, I'm going to say the least amount possible, do the least amount possible. I'm sorry, we're full at that position. Now, if you're saying, I'm going to go all in to the best of my ability, I'm not going to try to be somebody else, but I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Man, we need one of those. We have been holding a vacancy for one of those what does it profit a man verse 36 to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul a friend of mine sent me a video the other day of a guy who was on a show popular show and uh probably one of the most popular people on the planet for a period of time 
And he has said while he was doing that, he was miserable. He's empty. You can gain the whole world and forfeit your soul. You see it every single day. And we just can't convince ourselves otherwise. Every single day, people who had it all, losing it all. People who had it all, ending their life. People who had it all, absolutely empty. You can have it all and feel like absolutely nothing if you don't have Jesus. You can lack nothing when it comes to material things, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to influence and opportunities. You can lack nothing and feel like absolutely nothing. I lack nothing. I feel like nothing. Why? I don't have Jesus. Because he said in verse 37, for what can a man give in return for his soul? Now you look around and you're just like a teenager. I got teenagers in my house and they see these influencers and people and you know they think they're doing this, that, or the other. And then, boy, they're really doing something. And you try to tell them, look, that, that life ain't what you think it is. That's not what you think it is. And they're like, oh, I just, you know, we do the same thing. We look at people and say, well, if I just had that. Maybe if I had that kind of influence or that kind of privilege or that kind of responsibility, that kind of opportunity, boy, then I would be happy. Nope. The condition of the human heart has never changed. And Jesus said, what can you give in exchange for your soul? What does it profit a man if he gets everything in the entire world? But he feels like nothing. He feels like absolutely nothing because he doesn't have Jesus. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words... In this adulterous and sinful generation, you guys that think Jesus just patted everyone on the head, chew on that one for just a second. For this adulterous and sinful generation, that means we go whoring after everything other than him. We chase everything other than him, give ourselves to everything other than him. Sinful generation. What does your sin do? Separates you from God. Of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed. You said, you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. When he comes in his glory of his father with the holy angels. You ask the average Christian male, you ashamed of the gospel? He said, no. You say, uh, what time's your small group meet? I don't got one. Hey, uh, who are you evangelizing right now? Uh, nope, not on that one either. Discipleship, what kind of questions do you ask? What kind of process do you use? Mm-mm, not doing that either. When's the last time that you talked to somebody that you didn't know about the gospel? We supposed to do that? That is living a life that is ashamed of Jesus. So I'm not ashamed of Jesus? Right. Just nobody knows that you follow him. Well, it's kind of a personal, private faith. You will never find that in Scripture. The Great Commission wasn't the great closet. He didn't say, go into all your closets and talk about the things Jesus did. And just hang out with the discipled people and just stay there where it's nice and comfortable and climate controlled. He didn't say that. It's not the great closet. It's the great commission. It is an order from the headquarters. Go and do. Go tell somebody about Jesus. Live it out with boldness. I think it's more important that we live it out. Because I think there's a lot of people barking orders at people about they're going to hell. And they look at their life and say, if that's what it is, I don't want it. Live it out. You can love on people and still proclaim the gospel you can pat little people on the head and tell them how wonderful they are and all that still get them to the gospel every person you come in contact with every single person we come in contact with has a sin problem that they need reconciled by the resurrection of jesus every single person including you and i and if we don't reconcile that if they don't reconcile that scripture tells us they will spend eternity 
separated from their Savior. Every single person Jesus died for. How dare us think we're just going to keep it to ourselves? Could you imagine what would happen if more men were willing to lose their life for the sake of the gospel and stopped being ashamed to be a follower of Jesus and boldly proclaimed with actual words what they believed, even though it may not be the most eloquent, it doesn't matter, and then lived it out, loved one another, took care of their own address. I've said before, the gospel has got to get to your house. I've been in houses where you know they might proclaim that they are Christians and they might declare that name and own that genre, but you're not feeling it. And I've been in houses where you say, this is different. The Holy Spirit is in this space. No question about it. You just feel it. You know it. You cannot fake that. So you get the gospel to your house, and then when you leave that door, you go live it out. You say, Shark Week, I'm looking for chum in the water, man. Anywhere, I, okay, any opportunity. God, just give me an opportunity. I'm not going to wait for the 10th prodding that I should go over and talk to that person. First prod. I'm going with the first prod. We said before, close the gap from one conversation with the Lord to the next. If you close that gap, so I had a great conversation with the Lord in the morning, I'm going to do it again and again. And every time I think of that situation or every time I think about that person or whatever, I'm praying for him. And if you close that gap, what you're going to realize at the end of the day, you took advantage of more opportunities. Doors of obedience lead to doors of opportunity. I think this would be a great portion of Scripture to read before you go to bed tonight. Matthew chapter, what is that? Eight. Uh, maybe I said nine earlier. Forgive me if I did, but it's Matthew or Mark. I'm going to get it right at some point. It's Mark. I'm looking right at it. Mark 8, verse 31 to 38. He foretells his death and resurrection. But he also says it for us as well. Jesus foretells his death and resurrection, and he foretells my death and resurrection. That if I'm going to come after Jesus, I'm going to follow Jesus, I have to deny myself and I have to take up my cross every single day to follow him. Whoever would save his life, I'm not saving it. What good is it? This life is empty apart from Jesus. It's hopeless apart from Jesus. If I'm going to try to save it, no good. If I lose it for his sake and the sake of the gospel, now we got something. I'm not going to try to gain the whole world. I'm going to try to Matthew 6.33 it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. All these things. I'm exhausted from chasing all the things. You know one of the things I'm exhausted from chasing? Comfort. I am so sick of chasing comfort lined in selfishness. Because I'm so selfish, I choose comfort. Comfort in public comfort in private i'm sick of it i'm sick of it what can we get in return for our soul death nothing we get nothing apart from jesus what can we gain for our soul nothing if you don't give it over to the lord how do you know you give it to, over to the lord because you're not ashamed of jesus words i'm not ashamed to jesus words i'm not ashamed of who he is and with that i have confidence that someday when I breathe my last breath on this planet, he won't be ashamed of me either. Now that's a good way to live this life, amen? Man, I appreciate you listening. appreciate you guys who are watching. Let's keep pursuing vigorously biblical manliness.